0: Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett. I'm here with Betty McDowell, our Vice President of Ministry Services at Heartbeat International. Um, she has mentioned over the years that she meets with a mentor regularly and um, you know, just saw that this was a, a really amazing relationship that these two have. And so Betty asked if she could bring in her mentor for this episode. So I'll let Betty introduce her in a moment. Uh, let me mention that Along the lines of leadership and training, um, we have hundreds of resources in Heartbeat Academy. Visit heartbeatservices.org. You can click on training at the top to find out about our resources that are online, in print, and in person. Uh, You can get training that's specific to your work in the pregnancy help movement. And that's so important because it's such a unique ministry that you are in. So again, heartbeatservices.org and click on the training tab to find out more. So, Betty, uh, why don't you introduce our guest today? Hey,
1: thanks so much, Christine. Um, what a privilege to be in here. And I feel like some of the podcasts we've done together have been like emotional for me. And actually, this one feels more emotional for me than, than some of the ones we've recently done, um, because this is just an opportunity for me to introduce to you my good friend, Lou. Um, but she's more than just a good friend to me. Lou has really been... Uh, a mentor to me, and that's the focus we'll take today, but she's been more than that to me as well. Um, I have known Lou for a long time. Uh, We've had a 12-year relationship, but I have uh, been able to sit under her teaching at different women's events over the years. I've known of her for, oh, probably not quite 40 years, but I've known of you a long time. Um, And so Lou has been, at times in my life, a friend, a counselor, a coach, a truth-teller, a mentor, a spiritual advisor, a nurturer, um, and has used transformational healing prayer in my life (laughs) as well. So let me tell you a little bit about her background. Inspirational, because she is 90 years old, uh, was at her birthday party, had a great time. (laughs) She was very honored by her children, amazing family. Uh, Lou is... um, Very active and is on staff at Rock City Church, which is uh, for sure the fastest-growing church in Columbus and probably beyond that. Uh, It is a very large church and lots and lots of young people in this church, and I would imagine that everyone probably knows who Lou is because she's 90 years old, and so she stands out in that crowd. And so besides uh working and spending time with um, I'll say mature leaders like me, um, I know that you work with young women. You've been involved a lot doing healing ministry and and prayer. And um, like for the record, I think everyone needs a Lou in their life. And I'm really grateful that you're in mind, Lou.
2: Thank you, Betty. <laughs> It's a privilege to be here, and I appreciate it. And I love you very much. Uh-huh. And so uh,
1: I just feel special being asked. and thank you. It's our honor. See, I told you it was going to be emotional for me. Um, so i want to I do want to talk about your life, but I want to start off with a kind of a, a mentoring ish question. So, what should leaders, especially leaders? Uh, be looking for when they're trying to find a mentor, so how do people find lose in their life how what would you what would you say to that? Um, you know one of the biggest ways they find out about me is
2: through other people that I've ministered to. but also uh, it's important to know is this person healthy spiritually, and if not. You don't want to rush into asking somebody, but perhaps helping them to get healing, because we all need healing in our souls. I know Mm -hmm. I did. It was a big process. And uh, so because the Lord has always uh, um, spoken to me that, you know, Lou, you can only take someone as far into healing as you are healed. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is very important. Another thing is to observe, uh, are they, are other people attracted to them? You know, just like if it's a church, um, are people drawn to them? Mm-hmm. And are they very open-minded and reaching out and just Kind of like I am I, the way I feel is I love everybody <laughs> that and she does and I, nobody's I've seen a stranger <laughs> and they get my hugs and so to me that's something mm-hmm. to look for I think that's important and uh, so uh, I I don't know uh, to me those are very important things another thing Betty is that to be a mentor, to minister, there's a great sacrifice. Mm. Is this person a sacrificial person that no matter what ha- happens with the person she's minister, he or she's ministering to, that they'll stick with them, they'll give up their time, uh, they'll be there for them if they get a phone call, whatever. To me, that is a big uh,
1: request that I would look for. Yeah. So thank you for that. I, I know that we'll have listeners out there who, because um, I've seen the school of thought. It's like, get yourself a, a coach or a mentor or a spiritual director, um, but they don't see that as possibly being in one person. Mm-hmm. And you have been gifted with with all of those things. and mm-hmm. And that's... Um, to me, you have, it's an, an instinct and a gift from God that you know what you need to be in that yeah, moment for that yeah, person. And yeah. that certainly is God's yeah. um, anointing on you. So i just clarifying for our listeners, because I know that there are some people who go, no, no, they—it's if you're a coach, then here's your coach lines and you stay in the coach. Um, but I think because of who you are and the fact that uh, God has made you the way he made you, you have the ability to wear those different hats. And you mentioned about having a healthy, a healthy mentor, uh, going to someone who's healthy, and that you can only take somebody really as far as you are in mm-hmm. your own healing. Mm-hmm. So maybe share a little bit about your own story, because I know um, Lou is widowed. I, I remember Bob, her husband, great man, and yeah. seeing them in <laughs> ministry together. And I as as we've spent time together through the years, I've heard more and more stories about your past and then meeting yeah. your your family. But tell us a little bit about your journey, and yeah. how did you end up as this 90-year-old woman <laughs> taking care of all these people like me?
2: Well, it's been a long journey, but a good one. And uh, I prayed a lot about just what the Lord would want me to share. There's so many things I could share. And he just uh, reminding reminded me that when I was four years old, um, our family lived just almost next door to a widowed woman whom we loved. We looked after her. She didn't have any relatives. We, we took food. We went over to visit. And being as young as I was, my mother would... Uh, Take me with her. And uh, so they'd be in the kitchen over a cup of coffee or something. And and I remember uh, this one day, I was kind of bored, and so I moved on into the living room. And there was this huge table with a shelf on the bottom, and I saw this huge book there. And I love books, so I went over and I pulled it out. I wasn't yet reading much, Uh but I looked at the pictures. And I knew from going to church that I could see pictures of Jesus and his ministering and other things. And so I was fascinated. So um, I kept, every time I went, I'd say, Mrs. Rogers, can I look at your book? Oh, yes, honey, you can look, you know. And so, I did that, and then uh, I started uh, first grade when I was five, so I was already learning how to read. Now, I'm reading the Bible, Uh and I'm in a Catholic church. At that time, you weren't supposed to have a Bible. You went to the priest if you had questions, Uh and so, this is all new to me, so... uh, by the time I was nine, I kept that up. I'm reading the Bible now. No one knows that, but I think <laughs> Mrs. Rogers knows. So here's, here's the deal. Uh, we went to church one Sunday, and <clears throat> we all gathered together for dinner, and we're talking about the message that Father gave, and they were commenting. And I piped up and said, Father is wrong about that. <laughs> Mrs. Rogers' Bible says, and I quoted a scripture, and they about had a heart attack. <laughs> and they said, no, no, you, you can't read Mrs. Rogers' Bible. You have to go to the priest. So they talked to Mrs. Rogers, and they said, now, when Lou comes over there, don't let her read the Bible, because, you know, we don't allow that in our church. And she said, oh, Okay. But when I'd go, I'd go, Mrs. Rogers, can I read the Bible? Yes, honey, you can read the Bible anytime <laughs> you want to. So that was pretty special to me. And also when I was nine, um, I got a call from the Lord. Uh, my mother was pregnant with her fourth child, and uh, she and I were home alone because— I was directed, if she went into labor, who to go to, who to call. So in the middle of the night, this voice wakes me up, calling me. And I thought it was Mother. I ran in the bedroom, and I go, Mom, did you call me? And she said, No, I'm sound asleep. Go back to bed. And it happened another time. I went again. She said, No, it's not me. Go back. And when I got back to bed... I heard the voice again, and I knew it was the voice of God. And all I knew was that He was trying to get my attention for my future with Him. Mm-hmm. Is that understandable? Mm-hmm. Does that help you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, fast forward, um, as I became a young adult, I started getting interested in what other churches taught. I started visiting churches. Um, When I married my husband, his mother gave me my very first Bible. I finally had a Bible. And uh, started reading it. And I was like, wow, I... this is all new to me, and I'm not living like this at all. I'm not such a good wife or mother. So I kept studying and studying and growing. And when we moved to Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, the church we joined, I always wanted to be a school teacher, and that didn't work out. But I wanted to teach Sunday school. And so they found out that I had this teaching ministry, mm-hmm. and they sent me away to school, and I started working in Christian education. I did that for ten years. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, I'm growing, growing in the Lord. And then um, in the uh, late '60s, I uh, I was reading the Bible one day in Acts, and I was like, "Well, oh, Lord." What I'm reading here about the Holy Spirit isn't happening to me. It it doesn't happen in my church. And so I just kept studying and praying. I said, I want the power of the Holy Spirit. I know He's in me Mm because I'm born again, but I want that power. And so I kept praying, 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 and the more I prayed, the more I grew, and And I I just had a wonderful experience with the Lord where I could really experience His power. Mm -hmm. And then I really began to grow. So one night I was reading the Bible, and uh, the print disappeared, and I saw a scene from my life when I was nine years old. And the Lord spoke to me, and He said, When I walk through this dream with you— It'll not hurt you anymore. And I went, well, it doesn't hurt me now. And he went, it does. Just look. And I could see him walking with me. And it did. So that began inner healing, what I call inner healing Mm -hmm. in my soul, my mind, my emotions, my will. And for three months, the Lord dealt with me over Mm -hmm. inner healing and when he was done, he said, I have ministries for you to accomplish, but I couldn't have you do it without being healed because you wouldn't, you'd just go right down into the valley with the people mm-hmm. instead of lifting them up. And so, uh, and then he said to me, uh, before I use you in these ministries. I'm going to test you in your home as a wife and as a mother. We had four children. And he said, um, when I'm sure that I'm satisfied with how you care for them Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and that they come before anyone after me, Mm -hmm. he said, then I'll be able to use you. So I said, okay, Lord, whenever, you know. And then he came to me one day, and he said, he he said, I'm going to start bringing uh, women to you. And uh, he said, I never want you to go to anyone and tell them they need deliverance or they need inner healing. Mm -hmm. He said, don't ever do that. I will always bring those that I want you to minister to. And for all the years thereafter, that's the way it's been, Betty. So, So through the ministering, of course, I grew. And um, one thing I found out that how important obedience is to the Lord, because uh, many times he impressed on me, even after I'd minister, he'd say, now you did such and such with Mm -hmm. that person. And I don't ever want you to minister that way again. And if you do, I'll remove the ministry. Mm -hmm. So there's no fooling around with with God and what He calls you to. So, uh, and then um, I just want to share one other thing. And the Lord, when I was praying about coming here, He made this so clear that I should share it, and I'm going to. Okay, Okay. so now I know He took me through inner healing, and He's testing me in my home. And I, uh, I was praying, and I had a vision, and in the vision, I was standing overlooking a lake, a medium-sized lake, mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful, and I see the fish, and I didn't know a lot about fish, but I'm watching them, and they're very beautiful, and they... It came to my mind they were rainbow trout. I didn't know rainbow trout Uh from anything else. And I went, okay, so they're they're swimming around, large ones, small Mm -hmm. ones. They're moving around, and oh, this is so nice. And all of a sudden, I was so shocked. The big fish were eating the little fish. And I'm like, what is happening and at that moment I felt the presence of someone and I looked and it was Jesus. And I I I just like was pleading like like what's going on? And he had a fishing pole in his hand and he handed it to me. And it wasn't, you know, some up to date fishing pole. It was the kind my brothers made when they went fishing. Uh-huh. They had a pole. They tie string around it, and dangling from it would be food. And that's what this was like. So I'm holding it, and and I go, well, what do I do with it? And he said, lower it into the water. Mm -hmm. And I lowered it into the water. And when I did that, all the young fish started coming up the pole. I was covered with these baby fish. And it was like they were feeding off me. Mm. And then I'm like, now what do I do, Jesus? And he said, just put them back in the water. And so I lowered the pole, and they all got off. And now I'm watching, and guess what? The big fish can't eat the little fish anymore. (laughs) So he said to me, that is what's going to happen. I'm going to bring people to you that they're going to feed off of what I've given to you, and they'll be healed. And nothing can eat them or overtake them or keep them from me. So that was pretty special. And the Lord uh, really wanted me to share that. He Mm -hmm. made it so clear to me. So, uh, and I'm so thankful because I guess I'm the kind of person I need to know more than other people uh-huh. who just step out and do it. It's like, okay, show me and I'll do it, you know. So, so I'm very thankful for the way God has used me and
1: uh, He's so good to me. Um, probably for people listening, that was probably like, what? Uh, because yeah. not everybody has... The kind of relationship that you have with the Lord, I know I know some of your daily rhythms yeah.
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the time that you spend uh, before the Lord in quiet, and so he does really speak to you, and I believe that, that the Lord does want to speak to all of us that yeah. way yeah. and but for some listening that might be very different and just a just a side note that was eighty years ago. That you had the experience in the in the Catholic Church of not reading the Bible, just for our listeners, we know that's not true. Yeah, (laughs) that's changed. Yeah, that's changed now. uh,
2: When I graduated high school, I went to work in Cleveland as a secretary, Uh and I I went home one weekend, and my dad was overjoyed. He said, "Guess what?" We're allowed to have a Bible, and I went right out and bought one, and uh, I read it every
1: day. So, yeah, thank so you. I want to clear for, that, clarify that, because we have so many no. of our Catholic brothers and sisters and evangelical yeah. brothers and sisters, and so it's. Oh, we, yes, yeah. So, yes. just want to make I'm glad you did, yeah.
2: because that,
1: I was thinking about that
2: earlier, but thanks for bringing it. Out. Yeah. Oh, yes, it was. Things were very different at
1: that oh, time and in different yes, parishes. Yes, so, yeah. yeah. So. Well, Thank you for sharing that. Um, let's let's talk about Lou because I'm 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 thinking Lou. Everybody's going to want a Lou in their life. Um, and thinking about if if someone is um, wanting to really become a mentor, step into that mentorship, um, feeling the call. Yeah. So I I mean and and I'm. Our listeners i'm even asking this kind of on a personal basis because i've I've certainly had people over the years who have contacted me asking for that and sometimes i'm not sure if i'm if i should if i mm-hmm. if i shouldn't I question am I healthy enough to do that and yeah. and um so if someone is thinking of uh being a mentor let's we'll go with that question next well, if someone's thinking about being a mentor, what advice would you give to them i would uh Perhaps say to
2: them, do you know uh, others that are mentors, that are ministering? Um, You might want to set up a time and sit down and talk to them. Mm -hmm. Um, You um, uh, need to pray about it um, and uh, just let the Lord lead you reach out to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think a lot of the reason the Lord Jesus me is that I've always been a person that, listen, if you want to talk, I'll talk to you. If you want me to pray for you, I'll pray for you. It's And that spreads around mm-hmm. the community, especially churches and fellowships, you know. So um, that's a that That's a good thing that we can recognize that you know, and it's like you better you love people, you've worked with people, so if somebody approaches you 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 know that well, yeah, I've done it before, and I think I can do it again. The thing is then when uh when somebody approaches me about mentoring them like People will come to me and say, I have somebody that I'd really like you to work with, and they give me their name, and uh, uh, do you want their number, phone number? And I go, no, no. I said, I'd be interested. You give them my phone number, <laughs> and they will call me, and I will talk to them, mm-hmm. and then I have to pray about does God want me to work with this person? Mm-hmm. You know, so does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because God knows how He made us, created us. He knows who we should be working with, which people, and mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, and a person that wants to um, be a mentor again, they need to take into account that there's a great sacrifice to it. There's giving of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know you don't just uh yeah well the hours up go mm-hmm. <laughs> you you stick with them and see them through mm-hmm. you know so that with my time i try not to put a limit on it i just say lord do you know how much time this person's mm-hmm. going to need mm-hmm. and so and so i work with them and i'm there for them and 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 know that if you're going to be a mentor or a minister in any way, they may be calling you. It may be an emergency. You don't want to slough them off. Mm-hmm. You want to be there. You want to be uh, ready for them. All important. Um, it's, um, we have to know how to keep a confidence because they're going to be sharing things that are, yeah, and that's very important. Um, we uh, uh, We need to show kindness and mercy to people. And uh, so if we are approached, we need to ask ourselves, am I the kind of person that can come forth with these things to be a mentor, or to minister in mm-hmm. any way? You know, that's the way I look at it. Does that help?
1: Or that does helps. And, and the flip side of that, what makes for a good mentee? Like what's the attitude? What's the heart? How how should how should I come to you? Although I've been coming to you for twelve <laughs> years, but how should I come to you? Should, okay. Um usually with me,
2: uh somebody recommends me and I'll say give them my number and they'll call. And I'll talk with them on a the phone. And, and by the way, folks,
1: you can't have Lou's number, just making that clear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. And uh so I'll say, Okay, um Would you be available to come Mm -hmm. to, if I do it at home or wherever I'm ministering? um, Are you ready to really put your trust in a mentor that you can open up Mm -hmm. no matter what and trust? And then I said, uh, and they'll say yes, and I'll say, okay, I will be praying, and I will call you back as soon as possible. And that's how I do it. And usually when I call them back, most of them want to come. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, most of them want to come.
1: So really the mentee has to be willing to open up and willing to listen. Um, I, I think of, uh, for Heartbeat International, we practice the love approach. That's kind of our, our yes, key language, yes. to listen and learn, to help open up options, to give vision and value, to awaken vision in their life that they've had or that vision God has for them. And then really extend and empower, helping them take next steps. Yeah, Yeah.
2: another thing is to not be judgmental Mm -hmm. because you know, and we all know, if we've talked to people, especially with this ministry here, you're going to hear things Mm -hmm. and there's no way that we judge them or act like oh that's what you know no it's mm-hmm. like you know it's no you just love them and say that's okay god's with you he's, he's going to work this through and heal that and I, I, that's very important because i don't know about you but there have been times in my life when i've gone to somebody and they've been very judge- judgmental against mm-hmm. me and god is our judge not not the counselor or the mentor mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah, so—and if they can build a trust in us, you know, then they'll just be so open and want the help. And sometimes it takes a long time. I've ministered to people with inner healing two years or more. Mm-hmm. Some, it's much quicker. It depends on the hurts
1: that they're, they're well, experiencing. And it's a it's a journey. Our it whole is. life is a journey, and if you're in leadership, it's a journey. Yes. Um. As we come to a really a close for our time together, I, I was thinking as I'm asking you these questions, um, it occurred to me that uh, when I when I look at at you, Lou, and I think about uh, people who are mentors, one of the things that's a stand out about you in particular is that you are a learner. I you are just always you're hungry to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, not only are you curious and ask good questions. You're you're always learning from God. You're always mm-hmm. learning what
2: yes, He has to yes, say to
1: you. Yeah, so yeah. as we close, is there anything else that you want to add to this? And then we'll turn it back over to Christine. Well, I
2: just wanted to add the scripture that the Lord has given me for my ministry, or even if I go and speak somewhere, is um, uh, in Colossians. I'm going to read it because I, I don't want to. It's... Um, Colossians 3, verse 23, whatever may be your task, work at it heartily Mm -hmm. from the soul as something done for the Lord and not for men. Mm -hmm. And that's my, I use that all the time. And I wondered if I could just close a quote uh, from the book of Mentoring by Bob Beale that I I have written in my Bible, and I think it is so good if I can read this. Please do. Mentoring is the emotional glue and is the relational glue that can hold our generation to the last and to the next generation. Mentoring is the relational bridge connecting, strengthening, in stabilizing future generations of
1: Christians, is that good that's good yeah that's good. What a great note yeah. to end on the The power of mentoring i'm i'm a testimony of myself from Having been blessed with all the years with you, and I hope I have many more years I with you. I hope so. <laughs> and uh, for those out there, I know that it's challenging to find a mentor. For me, I, I knew of Lou and I prayed and, and the Lord made that connection for us. Um, so it, it is our prayer for you that if you are looking for a mentor that the Lord will show you and you'll have that connection, a healthy connection where you can uh, have that experience and grow um, and be blessed by that. And for those out there who are probably more mature leaders and you're thinking about mentoring, maybe we put that idea in your mind. Uh, we just speak that blessing over you as well, that if that's that calling that's part of your life, that the Lord will make a way for you. So we hope you've been blessed by our time with my precious friend, Lou. And with that, I'll turn it over to you, Christy. All
0: right. Thanks, Betty. And thank you, Lou, for <laughs> your time. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, To our listeners, just remember that um, if you've been listening to the last couple episodes, you would have heard me talk about our feedback survey. We just want to hear some of your thoughts, your suggestions, a little bit of information um, about the Pregnancy Help podcast that we can use to improve the podcast as we plan for future episodes. I've already gotten some great responses, um, and I appreciate those. And uh, we are actually doing a drawing for those of you that have submitted those survey results um, already. And I'm going to leave that open for a little while longer. We're giving away an APRN t-shirt and a uh, Tumblr. They're pretty cool. So mm-hmm. be sure to check out that link and just give us a couple minutes of your time. Uh, with that, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.